and welcome to A Sober Girls Podcast. Thank you so much for checking us out. I'm your host, Sherry, and I've been through my own ups and downs with sobriety. And if you're listening to this, then you have taken the first step to making a change in your life and finding a community to help you through your sobriety. Now, let's go through this journey together. What is up, fam? Happy Wednesday to you all. I hope that you're doing well and had a good weekend. Blah, 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 the normal spiel. Listen, I just wanted to tell you that I am extremely sorry for being inconsistent the past two months. I have been dealing with some personal stuff, some health stuff um, that has really gotten in the way of my ability to be consistent with the podcast and you guys definitely deserve better than that. So for that, I am extremely sorry and from here on out, I definitely will be getting better about making sure that these are consistent and reliable and that way I know you guys are getting what you are here for what you guys need um and what honestly probably more than anything probably what I need to be completely honest it has been definitely a (laughs) oh it's been a lot you guys um lots of change in my life tons of change in my life um physically emotionally Um, parenting-wise, education-wise, job-wise, there's just been so much going on and so much that you guys probably could relate to, to be completely honest. And I, I really haven't addressed this subject because I haven't really known how to address it. And I think for me, the reason why I haven't known how to address it is because I failed at it for so long and I really don't have the right answers and I really love when I can come on here and give you guys tips and answers and things that I've been through and you know just the whole gamut right and this is just one area of my life that I simply cannot absolutely give you all the answers and I think a friend of mine actually hit the nail on the head when he said it and we're all in this process of learning and it doesn't matter what age we're at. It doesn't matter um, how old our kids are, how old we are. We are all learning and that is never going to stop. So I wanted to talk a little bit about parenting because parenting has been something that I have never really been good at. I'll give you a little bit of the backstory. I never really wanted kids in the first place, okay? I wanted to be a career woman. I wanted the ability to go and travel and do things. Um, I really wanted to work in D.C. um, in the Senate or legislation, White House, what have you. And um, I still work in government. I still work um, in that aspect of life and things. So that's really kind of cool. I just do it at a state level, not a federal level. Um, And then I met this guy and... um, he convinced me basically that if we had a kid that his life would be fulfilled even though he had other kids um it's just a mess and so I had a kid and um ended up parenting alone a lot of times and you know that relationship that marriage didn't work out not only that but that marriage was very abusive it was very emotionally 
and mentally abusive and taxing. It was very isolating. You guys have heard me talk about it in the past. And unfortunately, because I had a son, um, I really didn't know what to do in that aspect. I just knew that I had to protect my son and I didn't want my son growing up around what I was encountering. The sad thing is, though, too, is that (laughs) what my son was also encountering was addiction, right? Because I had spent the first um, three years of his life, sorry, four years of his life, um, pretty much stoned or high or whatever, you know, all that time before that, too. I had never been sober around my son. And what's weird is I don't remember... Trevin understanding, but God, kids are smart at three and four years old, aren't they? They just, there's things in his core memories about my using that I don't remember. And it just absolutely blows my mind how intelligent my child is. Um, I probably could have been or was as half as intelligent as him, but I never uh, really applied that to myself. I found more delight in socializing and humans and drinking and theater and music and you know kind of sloughing off so I never really applied myself in high school um so I spent a long time a long long time protecting my son and when I'm telling you I protected my son it was to the point where now I can see where too much protection can be a bad thing. And it's something that I really want to work with my sponsor on and my therapist on. But my sponsor also, who is a lot like me, she um, had a son the same age when she left her spouse and sobered up. So while they don't have a lifetime of us using, they do have a lifetime of um, definitely the impact of our using and coming out of an abusive relationship. So one thing that I've struggled with is my son has started a job and it's a job that he really loves. 16 years old, first job. It's not flipping burgers, which is amazing and awesome. And um, the past, oh gosh, probably two weeks, they have come to him and told him this got missed or this got left behind or this got taken, you know, out at the wrong time. And he honestly feels like he's under attack. And I I had to say to him, I was like, dude, you are not under attack. They're just trying to help you learn. Like you have two, three weeks at this job, maybe. And you are just learning everything and so I I understand that there's going to be those things that you're going to miss and his defense mechanism and I recognize it right away because it's the one I had as a kid right Um, it's that I'm good I don't need anybody's help I know what I'm doing because you're so afraid of failing you're so afraid of being a failure that your instinct is to go I'm a fuck up. I'm a loser. I don't know what I'm doing. I should just quit. And he found another um, a 
another job or opportunity or something. He was reading through something and he's like, well, I should just leave and go do this job. And I'm like, Trevin, if you can't be successful at this job doing these things, then how do you expect to be successful at this other place? You know, when you haven't even harnessed the skills of communication or understanding and, you know, how are things that you are claiming are happening going to get better if you're not willing to talk about them well I know they're gonna be pissed at me I know they're gonna be mad at me I'm like okay first of all it's a work thing okay it's not personal as long as you're not mean rude as long as you are not taking advantage of anybody or not learning or not listening then it's really not personal and I had to tell him that he has to be able to communicate with his boss that hey, I think I'm not doing something right. How can you help me with this? And, you know, I told him, it dawned on me that because I was so scared for him to be traumatized for the rest of his life because of um, my addiction and an abusive father, you know, that if I'm just nice to him all the time and support him and love him all the time, that that means that he will be okay. And he won't have to live with consequences or regret because he'll just know what it's like to feel good instead of the way I felt growing up, which was bad. And, you know, I just really didn't want him to grow up feeling bad, right? Well, that has never really worked out because... In school, he doesn't make friends well. In dance, he doesn't take criticism well. Um, he thinks all of his teachers hate him. He thinks everybody's coming after him. And so now I've really come to realize that I was more or less protecting myself, more or less than I was him. I was trying to take care of the part of me that felt like a failure. And by doing that, I was doing him no favors. I literally protected him to the point where now when he gets constructive criticism, he thinks it's a personal attack. He thinks there's something wrong with him. He thinks that he's a fuck up. He thinks that he's stupid. He thinks that he doesn't know what he's doing or, you know, and then on the same turn, he's got that ego of, I don't need any help. I don't need to ask any questions. I know what I'm doing. And I get those glimpses of his biological dad in there. And I have to remind him, you know, that you're learning something. You're not going to be perfect. I have been in politics and criminal justice for 24 years now. And I still ask my boss questions every single day. Because if I'm not asking questions, I'm not learning. And as human beings, we are never not learning, right? We are never not understanding or growing and so we always, always have to ask for help. Professional baseball players, professional athletes, we all, we all can improve. There is not one person in this world, Mother Teresa, rest her soul, she didn't even know everything. So for me to tell him that everybody needs help, I think was a slap in the face, but it gave us an opportunity to have a real conversation. And this is the one part about parenting that I really do like is um, being able to have those real conversations with my son. Things that I never thought that I would be having with my 16-year-old, we are having poignant, lifelong conversations and learning and growth. And, you know, I don't have to worry about my son going out and 
um, causing trouble, being on the streets, anything like that. But, you know, that's, <laughs> that's all a matter of interpretation, right? Because it doesn't take much for kids to want to get or to, you know, not want to get in trouble, but to cause trouble, right? And so, you know, we kind of forget that just because our kid isn't in trouble this way doesn't mean they're not in trouble this way. And that's evident by my son's grades and more or less really evident by his attitude. So I here am struggling with, okay, great. Now he, you know, thinks he's perfect and knows everything because he watches YouTube or a couple of shows on TV and he thinks he knows how to do stuff. And that's just not the way that life works, right? That's not the way that things go. I mean, if you're going through life and you're not asking questions, I guarantee you, your life is not as good as you think it is, or you've pissed a lot of people off. So when it comes to kids and recovery, that is one thing that I, I never really kind of um, gave my son the tools to work through my addiction with him. Um, I never gave him the opportunity to deal with how he was affected by my addiction. And so now here I am, he's 16 years old, I'm 12 years into recovery, and I am finally learning how to be a parent and recovery. And let me tell you what, it is not easy, you guys, because he's already had all these learned behaviors. He's already had these um, conceptions of what... I'm going to allow him to do. Those boundaries have been crossed. Those um, things have been blown up already. There is no way for me to go back and fix any of that. And I, I wanted to look in the big book of AA, but let me tell you, there's just no 21st century help going him back and reading a book that was written in 1939. And um, as much as I would love to say, here's a reference for you, guess what? There is really no reference. So I did do a lot of reading and digging and kind of just soul searching and thinking about things on my own. And I found a couple of different things that definitely made sense to me. And these are things that we are able to do as alcoholics and addicts and um, things that we can do to start repairing that relationship with our children. And I think that is really important, you guys, because kids see a lot more than we are willing to admit. And that is definitely something that I've learned. Like, I thought that I was this amazing Heidi person, magicianer thingy, and it turns out I am not one of those at all. So, you know, the first thing that we have to do is we have to forgive ourselves, okay? I mean, that has to absolutely be first. We are all going to have guilt and shame. And there's going to be a lot of times, you guys, that things are going to come up over the years with your kids and in other situations if you've been with a long-term spouse or a long-term boss or you know a long-term anything there's going to be times when those instances or PTSD or triggers or however you choose to look at an event that comes up um, they are going to come up and you have to be willing and able to forgive yourself 
it's not easy as a parent because I see my son, I see who he is, I see him getting ready to go off to college and it's so hard to forgive myself because I know that he has behavioral issues and a lot of those issues went unaddressed because if I address them, that would mean that I had to fix myself somewhere. And that was that was something that absolutely was just not going to happen. Um, so being able to forgive myself is very important. And I did actually find this really cool um, paragraph as I was reading through some things online. And it explains exactly how I was feeling. Overindulgence is a common coping mechanism for parents in recovery. To make up for their time in addiction, they don't set proper boundaries with their children and take on a friend role rather than the parent. Remember, all children need boundaries and discipline. Set age-appropriate guidelines for your children and hold them accountable for their behavior. Discipline will teach them to be responsible and prepare them for success. That is one thing, you guys, that I have never done. And I'm sure you're thinking that my kid must be like some kind of fucking hellion that's just out there like doing crazy shit. No, he's not. He's just lazy because I don't enforce the rules. I don't enforce the, listen, I told you to do the dishes, get off your ass and do the dishes. I told you to do the cat litter, do the cat litter. Because I was so overindulgent, because I was so afraid to hurt him, because I was so afraid to hurt myself, I didn't set proper boundaries. And you guys have heard me talk about boundaries before. I've got great, great boundaries. I've got boundaries with friends. I've got boundaries with coworkers. I've got boundaries all over the place. I really do. But when it comes to my son, oh, forget it. There is, and if you're a parent, you understand. You know, if you've got this kid and, ugh, and they just melt your heart. And there are times when my son will melt my heart, man. He is just, you know, I know sometimes it's, (laughs) there's things that he wants, or needs because I also spoiled him, you guys. I also bought him anything and everything that he ever wanted um, because I was trying to make up for all that crap from before. Um, so, you know, I, but there are times when more often than not, he just melts my heart and I would be insanely lost without him. I think in a weird way, he saved me and I, I don't, know how he saved me yet. Um, Because I was so selfish for so long, I didn't understand the gravity of being a parent. I didn't understand the gravity of that relationship. And I don't think I really truly understood mama bear syndrome until I was, um, oh, he must have been about eight or nine years old. And um, something happened and I went absolutely berserk. I saw red and I literally lunged at someone to attack them. And um, that was probably the first and only time outside of my marriage that my first marriage that I was um, warranted in wanting to attack someone for what they had done to my son. And um, 
ever since that feeling, ever since that moment, I finally knew what it was like to be a mom. I was so scared because I was so numb because I never knew how important my son was to me. And I was kind of numb. I, I, you know, I'm still numb in a lot of different ways. I, I think it's still a protecting mechanism. I think it's still um, something that I deal with a lot. Because if I stay numb, then I can't get hurt. And um, if anything ever happens to my son, I don't want to feel that pain. I don't want to feel that loss. And so, if I keep things kosher... <laughs> then I'll never have to feel pain. And that is the biggest lie I've ever told myself. Because now here I am with him at 16, teaching him boundaries, teaching him discipline, teaching him respect and, you know, (laughs) to have a job. And yeah, these are things that parents normally go through. I get that. But at the same time, because I didn't set those boundaries earlier, I feel like it takes a huger huger, bigger toll on me. Um, so rebuilding trust is another thing. Um, I don't know if my son has ever lost trust in me. I don't want to ask him. (laughs) Um, but I do know that part of trust is remaining consistent. So when I tell him, no, you can't do that because, and then he does something and I don't follow up with something, Um, it shows him that I'm a pushover, which I am, I have been. And so he might trust me, um, to take care of him, but he also trusts that, um, he can do whatever he wants more than likely. So, you know, I think another thing that really has been hard for me is showing up for my son. Um, I... I show up to things. I want to be there for things. Um, There are some things that I have missed due to health concerns and things like that. But showing up for my son, even even if it means putting my phone down so he can so I can watch him do some stupid human trick, you know what I mean? Like show up for them. You know, keep your word. Say and do what you say you're going to do. You know, and counseling is also a really good idea. That there's nothing wrong with both of us going to counseling, you know, together, even though I'm sure it would drive him nuts at this point. But um, I am doing a good job with learning those boundaries and making sure that he understands that when I say no, I mean no. Um, Another thing that I never did in my previous marriage was take time for myself. And so when I would um, go out and do things because I'd been shamed for so long. Um, I felt like if I left my son, I was a bad parent. Um, I remember being told that if I go out, basically, that I'm a bad mom or, um, you know, and I, I do believe that for a a time, I wasn't the greatest mom in the world, but I also believe that we as parents (laughs) need that self-care time, right? And if someone's going to continually try and take that away from you, you're only going to do what you feel is necessary, almost like a child, right? And rebel and go out and do something crazy because that's that's what we do um, when we're, you know, held under a thumb, 
And so it took me a long time to learn that self-care is okay. It took me a long time to realize that my son seeing me travel, hang out with friends, be with people is really healthy. Going to get my nails done, going to get my my hair done. Like that is stuff that's important. So he understands that females have independence. Women have independence that we do need that time for ourselves. But also I have to give that time to my son too. So making sure that there is a balance because we don't want to alienate our children, you know, and I think for a long time, I got self-care mixed up with, um, with selfishness. And so, you know, now I am so focused on, you know, having fun as a family and being together as a family, like our next few trips, um, are focused around my son and things that I know that he would love to do because in two years he's going to be off at college and all those things that I want to do, I can do once he's gone. Um, and so like all I think about now is things that I want to do with him, things that I want to experience with him. And it's never too late. It really is never too late. There might be a point in time where it's going to be a lot more work to make that relationship work. But I promise you, it is so much more worth it in the end. It is so much better um, when you include them in your recovery. Trevin is actually really, um, Trevin is really interested in my recovery. He's really interested in AA. He um, hasn't, he's expressed going, but he hasn't really, um, found time to go which is fine again he's 16 but we need to give our kids that time um to heal their negative emotions right they're going to experience those negative emotions and so one thing that I really do with my son and I I might overdo it but it's created this amazing context and relationship Um, is I encourage him to be open about his feelings. Even if I don't like his feelings at the time, I really want to know all of his feelings. So even as it relates to me, to his stepdad, his biological dad, dance, work, friends, like I'm telling you, I will ask him legitimately anything because I want him, I never got that opportunity to express my feelings. And I was told from a very early age, quit your crying, shut up, I'll give you something to cry about. So I learned from a her early age that we literally don't cry over spilled milk, but we don't cry over spilled milk because it's not a big deal. We don't cry over spilled milk because it'll get our ass beat. So that is something that I have definitely gone out of the way to make sure that my son understands is that you have these emotions and these feelings it's okay to have them and we can talk about them. I'm not going to judge you for them. I'm not going to hold them against you. So let's go ahead and talk about them as hard as they might be. You have to have those discussions because if you don't have those discussions with your kids, you are going to be stifling them. You are going to be stifling them the same they, same way that you were stifled, okay? And that is one thing that we are trying to stop our kids from doing is having to stuff emotions, 
having to feel like a failure. There's that balance. Show them boundaries. Show them that failure is also a way to be successful because we are learning. One thing that I really work with on my son is patience because that's something I never had. He certainly has never had. And so he's getting better at learning patience. No yelling. I listen more than I talk. I encourage him to do his best, but I don't expect him to be perfect. Um, I apologize to my son. That's probably the biggest one, you guys, is I apologize to him when I've made a mistake because he needs to see that I am imperfect. He also needs to see that it's good to apologize. It's good to take responsibility for your actions. I think that it's one thing that we forget about is that just because we're the adult, just because we quote unquote know better or we're older means that we don't have to apologize because we're the parent. That could not be further from the truth, you guys. We are learning to teach our children how to be compassionate, how to forgive, how to love, and how to be respectful and kind and use manners. And so if we're doing those things, they're going to say, oh, hey, I saw mom do that the other day, and that's a really good idea. So it really is a matter of being able to understand yourself so that you can understand how to help your child. And the most important thing, you guys, really truly, is make sure that you give yourself some grace, okay? Because I know that for me, giving myself grace is what's really important. <laughs> because if I'm not giving myself grace, you guys, I will definitely get myself to a point where I want to drink or get myself to an anxiety point where I can't figure out what to do next and I'll start having those negative thoughts about myself and I'll start spinning. So the you really have to be able to be objective about your parenting. You really have to be able to look at your parenting and know when you've screwed up, know when you need to apologize, know when you need to set boundaries, know when you are the parent, know when you are the friend. And remember, there is not a manual to any of this stuff. And I am here learning with you. And oh, I just feel like when they said that time goes quickly, like he was just born yesterday. I, I really cannot believe that he is 16 years old. I can't believe that he's going to college in two years. I can't believe that he's growing into this beautiful, amazing, intelligent, gorgeous human being. Um... After everything he's gone through, he still ha has the best attitude. He is compassionate and loving and kind. Maybe a little too sarcastic at times, but that's because I am. And so, you know, I want to teach him good coping mechanisms so that he doesn't have to worry about dealing with addiction or alcohol or pills or pain management in an unhealthy way. I just want him to be able to have a calm, happy, you know, productive, successful life. And I don't expect it to be perfect. I don't expect him to not make mistakes. So I really just want to make sure that I'm giving him the skills he needs to be an adult, to live on his own, outside of doing laundry, you know. There's so many other things outside of household chores that goes with being an adult. 
And those are the things that really mean the most to me as a parent. I really want to give him those interpersonal skills so that he can understand how to communicate. Because if you're not able to communicate properly, then that's when everything falls apart from jobs, relationships, friendships, whatever it is. And so, you know, I just really am thankful that number one, I have a sponsor that goes through it with me. And number two, that I do get an opportunity and a chance every day to make this relationship work. There are others who are not so lucky, who can't have access to their kids right now because of their addiction, or they have a restraining order or custody issues. And I know it seems bleak, but at the end of the day, the kids know. The kids know. They, they, they're not stupid. And if you're making changes and growing, they're going to see that. If the parent, other parent is holding you back from seeing them, they're going to know that too. Kids are not stupid. We think we can fleece them, but we really, really can't. So I just want to thank you guys for letting me vent and talk to you about it and getting so personal with you because I really feel like if it weren't for you, I wouldn't be able to be where I'm at in my sobriety. If I weren't able to share myself with you, I wouldn't be where I am right now. And that's just something that really truly makes me happy. And I am going to be reflecting a little bit more on boundaries and um, time and gratitude because I really do realize that this podcast is not just important for you, but it is just as important for me. And when I'm inconsistent with my time, whether it's health or work, I know that, you know, my sobriety suffers and I don't want anyone else's to suffer because I'm inconsistent because that's not fair. So, I will definitely be back next week. I am going to be better at this and I hope you guys can forgive me um, as I've kind of woven through some um, depression and mental health issues and some other physical health issues. So anyway, I hope that you have an amazing, amazing weekend and I hope that you give yourself all the grace and love that you need. Go do something for yourself. Um, have some gratitude, find some gratitude in something. Um, last weekend, my son and I <laughs> went to this festival. It was supposed to be a honeybee festival and it was so horrible. You guys, it was so bad. I was expecting to see like honeybees everywhere. Cause I love bees. I love bees. Like not the wasps, not the gross, like nasty looking wasps, but like the honeybees and the little fuzzy bees. They're so cute. And, um, so I was really excited. I thought we were going to get to go see a bunch of bees and all it was, was bee vendors. <sighs> so annoying. But the gratitude point of that was my son was willing to go do something with me. He wanted to go do something with me. And that to me means more than you can ever imagine. So my attitude of gratitude this week is for my son. And I hope that you guys have an amazing weekend. And I really can't wait to get back to you next week and figure out some fun stuff to do with this podcast. I really think we should shake things up. So if you have any ideas, hit me up on Instagram, send me an email. Um, but other than that, have a good weekend and be good to yourself. Until next time, fam. Thank you for joining us on A Sober Girls Podcast, where we get together to talk about each other's experience, strength, and hope.
I hope that today's episode was something that you needed to hear today. Something that you can carry with you. I really look forward to our time together. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at a sober girls pod. Also, you can check us out on Twitter at a sober girls pod and our website at a sober girls podcast.podbean.com. Till next time, be well, fam.